Hello and welcome back to the High Press Podcast, uh, Series 2, Episode 37. Uh, now we've featured lots of footballers who play up and down the football pyramid from Premier League through to non-league. Uh, they've all had their dreams realised to an extent, but for many lads, these dreams won't last as they're realised. Oh, realised? I said real. I meant released. Sorry. Start again. <laughs> Balls <was> right. <laughs> oh, that one up. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the High Press Podcast, Series 2, Episode 37. We've featured lots of footballers so far who play up and down the football pyramid from Premier League through to non-league. Uh, they've all had their dreams realised to an extent, but for many lads, these dreams won't last as they're released from academies and dropped from teams. Uh, I'm today joined by BBC reporter Manish Pandey, who recently covered the subject of youngsters being released by academies. Uh, how are you, uh, firstly, Manish? I'm good, thank you, and thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, but before we get into, um, yeah, I suppose it, it can be quite a serious subject as well to those uh, involved, uh, let's lighten it up a little bit, a little bit of an icebreaker with our uh, starting 11 uh, quickfire questions or some silly questions uh, before we get into it. Uh, but first of all, uh, Manish, uh, what team do you support? Uh, Manchester United. Mm, that is nice. uh, that is my team. Yeah, you'll be very happy today with the news of uh, Eric Ten Hag dating this episode. But um, yeah, what, what do you think of that? The, the new manager. Uh, well, you know, uh, being a United fan over the lot, well, since Sir Alex retired, it's been um, you have the hope of a new manager. Yeah, and it eventually ends up just crushing you. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, so I've got hope again, but I'm hoping this time it will be like long term. Mm, we yeah. enjoy it, see good football. Um, I'm optimistic, but with the caveat of in three years' time, it could just be a complete and utter disaster. Yeah, you seen there was there was hope for Ollie, there was hope for Ralph, and it's all as you said crushed. So. Yeah, well, um, I hope for I hope for his sake as well. He, he does a good job. I don't want him to see him slated like uh, everyone else at Man United currently. Uh, but anyway, okay. Well, uh, second question: uh, Who would win in a fight, uh, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? Um, I would say Elon Musk because I think at the moment he's richer, so he's probably Ooh. got um, yeah, he's probably got a few more wads <laughs> of cash to. To whack oh, the okay. Other well, it's like a money fight, sort of smack in a money it. fight. Yeah, nice. Okay. Um, in a, it's strictly a money fight. So <laughs> very good. Uh, would you rather play baseball or American football? Oh, baseball. Um, so I'm also a massive uh, cricket fan. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. I played a fair bit of cricket when I was a bit younger. Um, American football, I don't quite have the physique or the bravery for that. Um, whereas with baseball, I think I could I could get a few home runs. Oh, fair enough. Uh, nice, nice. Uh, what would your walkout music be uh, if you were a boxer? Oh, good question. Um, what would my walkout music be? Well, actually, I'm um, I'm a big fan of uh, Vladimir Klitschko's walkout music. Well, the Klitschko's generally. Um, okay, yeah. 
which was uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it was just that iconic tune. Um, the name of which isn't coming to my head right now, but it is what the pitch <laughs> used, which okay. I don't think any, anyone could argue with. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 fair enough. Uh, in your opinion, who's going to win Champions League? Oh, I mean, there's there's two clubs there that I don't want to win it from a United fan <laughs> point of view. Yeah. But as an impartial football observer, um, I would say... It, I think Liverpool might do it. They just mm. have the knack of... In, in Europe, they just seem to have something. Um, so, painfully, I would say Liverpool. But yeah, they are a great team, so... Not, not going for Villarreal? Uh, no. And I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping this jinxes it. So, it, it, by yeah. writing them off completely, they're the ones who end up mm. coming through. Yeah, I hope so. It'd be something different for a change. Uh, who's your favourite artist or band? A band, I'd go for Coldplay. Um, mm. I'm a Coldplay fan. Um, uh, artist, well, number one on my Spotify playlist last year, uh, what, for 2021, was Ariana Grande. Um, and considering that I, <laughs> and I own it completely, I completely okay. own it. Yeah, um, nice. and, and what I'll say is it fits very well with working for Newsbeat on Radio 1. Um, yeah okay with, with, with the pop vibe um so i'm saying this publicly ariana that is my that is my number one solo artist i'm just gonna let that hang a bit okay all right fair <laughs> enough. That's okay. um do you have a hobby um i mean is is football is sport a hobby is is yeah is yeah then then relentlessly watching hours and hours of sport um quite literally if there's a like formula one cricket tennis golf um football obviously um just yeah just completely just max out nice okay uh uh, okay here's here's a good one if you had to change your name uh, what would it be on the fly <laughs> if I had to change my name yeah um I mean just add just add a a, a knighthood to my title I would say uh, okay. just become a sir um yeah. but just make that essentially make that my first name so yeah. when I walk around people are calling me sir just sir just okay. sir Right, nice. <laughs> random, <laughs> random question, yeah. random answer. Okay, nice. Uh, sweet or savoury? Sweet, definitely. Sweet. Nice. Uh, bit of a, a, a more of a word question. Um, interpret this how you will. Uh, desert or dessert? I don't even know what it means. So, dessert. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's pretty easy <laughs> i don't know why anyone would choose desert but there you go uh and our last question number 11 uh would you rather visit the past or the future well i i did history at university so that means academically i'm clearly a fan of the past <laughs> um so having done that side of it let's let's see what the future is about let's see Ooh. let's see what i'm doing in in 20 years time okay for the future nice nice 
Okay, well, there you go. That was our uh, starting 11 questions. Uh, and again, before we get into our uh, main uh, topic of today, uh, Manish, if you just want to give us a little introduction to yourself uh, for us. Uh, so I'm Manish Pandey. I'm a journalist for the BBC, uh, for Newsbeat on Radio 1, One Extra and Asian Network. Nice. Very good. Uh, very uh, succinct. That is not the, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to say well. word. <laughs> it's really, <laughs> really patronising, I'm sorry. Anyway. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, there we go. Uh, so, um, yeah, as uh, we uh, mentioned already, uh, last week, uh, Manish wrote an article for the BBC uh, following the journey of the released Academy player Alfie Kane, uh, how his release affected him and what he did next. Uh, so here on the High Press, we feature the stories of, of many players that have also found themselves on similar paths, uh, experiencing the lows of being rejected and released and, and how they were able to bring themselves back into the game after that. Uh, so my first question to you, Manish, uh, is what compelled you to explore this journey for many young players and Alfie Kane's story in particular? So it, it's one of those where so many people want to be footballers, right? Um, just millions and millions of people who are growing yeah. up. You ask someone, what do you want to be? And they'll be like, I want to be a footballer. Um, and you have all those dreams. You have the images in your head. Um, but the fact is... We're, and we're talking about the top level here, around 180 make it out of about one and a half million, which is wow. so, such a small number. Um, and we often hear about the success stories because they're the ones who are on our TV screens all the time, um, but not so much from the ones who don't make it um, and kind of what they go through. Um, and just imagine like spending that amount of time just dedicated to one thing for yeah. your formative years um, and for it to not happen. Um, and that's why with Alfie, the kind of the thing with me was the fact that he's using his journey to tell a story. Um, so he's obviously, you know, gone on stage, written a play um, to just talk through um, his and his friends experiences about sort of what everything was like um, to go through those different aspects of things, um, to be so open about the highs and the lows about you know, being in football, but then what happens after you're released. Uh, there is something about that which is quite, like, it's quite grabbing. Um, mm -hmm. So just that, just looking at sort of that one story, but how it fits into that wider range of being an academy player. Uh, and ultimately, and, you know, what the hard fact is that it, it just doesn't work out for, for most people who want to go into football. Um, but I just think it's, it's, it's just fascinating. Uh, when you think, just step back and think about the numbers, it's just, um, yeah. it's really is fascinating. Yeah, and, and I suppose you're right that, you know, the the ones that do make it, those are the success stories we hear, obviously, because they've got the platform as well to say, you know, I grew up in so-and-so in and, -so and I, you know, I was able to overcome challenges. But, you know, you, you've got over a million still won't make it and those those young players don't get the don't get the platform, do they, to, to say, well, I nearly made it and now I'm I'm doing this for example so um I think it's really enlightening as well to 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 um write about the the release players so um yeah and I'll just just say uh that was um yeah I, re I really like really enjoyed reading as well and uh thought you know be, be a, a bit of a bit of a part of that as well um 
so yeah, so the 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 uh, young player uh, signs a contract with the club, whether it be through a scholarship uh, or similar offer, uh, and joins the club's academy. Uh, the club then decides to release the player, uh, uh, possibly due to fin- financial issues within the club itself or through a change in the man- management style, uh, meaning that the player wouldn't be used. Uh, and often also through no fault of their own as well. Um, so to best of your knowledge, how does the releasing process work for the, the younger player? Um, so generally, obviously, it depends like club to club, um, contract to contract, player to player. Um, but I mean, the power is very much in the hands of the club. And I'm, you, you would expect that just, you know, the size of the club yeah. versus a player being quite unknown um and in in most cases sort of the player wanting to be part of the club more than the club wanting a player or needing a player i should say um so sometimes you can have like a compensation agreement um if if you know that's in the contract if there's like a sudden um sort of a sudden release um but ultimately and i'm i suppose in the words of alfie it is a brutal process Uh, it can be a phone call and that's it. It can be a couple of conversations and that's it. Um, it's and at that young, sort of younger age than if you get released when you're a professional at the age of 28 and have to find another club. It's obviously a very different part of life um, for the for the player. Um, and often, I mean, and if we just think about this, um, not so much for the British players, but often for the overseas players, overseas young players who come over, they're obviously the hottest prospects in Europe. So if you think that their parents or family are often given jobs with the club. So sometimes, you know, someone's parent might be offered a role as like a gardener for, for a football stadium, yeah. uh, maintaining the pitch for, for the training ground. Um, and if you think sort of comparatively with that, um, that's a better position to be in than if you are just a player who's been signed. Um, and when sort of that one club is the only one that is sort of, searching for you at that younger age or, or takes you in at that younger age um it's a less powerful position to be in than if you're like an overseas young player coming into the academy and if you've got you know seven eight nine ten clubs after you um your position is going to be much better more you'll be more well off um yeah. just financially or in a in a position of power um but in like whatever way you put it it's, it is just a a, a brutal process for for the player from the player's perspective yeah and and as you said you know you've um if this is something you've concentrated on from say like the age of four and you're 16 17 and then you know you've you know you could be forgiven to think of that age you know i've made it i'm going to be in the you know probably the first team or you know knocking on the door going out to loan and then yeah you can have a a phone call to say yeah we're sorry you're not needed anymore and then you know maybe you don't have clubs chasing you because they've got 30 other lads similar to to you or maybe even more talented um for for instance we we spoke to sam austin uh the current uh, kidderminster harriers uh captain uh who, who told us at the time when he was at burton and when uh brian clough was was managing the team and that was very much uh just a call into the office one day and just said you know I'll be frank with you you're not you're not really needed anymore um and that was and he said you know we can try and help you get a, something else or get you another team but um yeah I 
I must must be awful, and you know, such a crushing, uh, crushing blow to take, and I suppose you know to to feel a bit of rejection and, and failure as well. Um, yeah, it's that, that must that must be awful to 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 live through, and um, especially at that young age. I mean, it's yeah, 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 um, yeah. Because at least sometimes, if you think about it, when when you're, uh, it's a bit dramatic, but when your dreams are crushed at an older age. Yeah. Um, you've kind of got that level of experience, life experience behind you to to try and cope with it. But when you're that young, um, yeah, it must be must be awful. Yeah. And I suppose as well, there's still boyhood dreams as well. I think at, at that age, you know, if you're yeah, say fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and then yeah, to, to be told, yeah, you're not you're not needing and especially as well, you know, if you've had your parents behind you saying, you know, you you're fantastic, you know, should you really go and go to a club and then get that club to say, yeah, you're not really, you know, you're not really what we're after or you're not, not so, not so good as we thought you were. Um, yeah. And, and you picked up as well about, um, say, uh, international players coming over but on the flip side to, to maybe where they're a hotter prospect, maybe if they're taken, say from, from their, their country where they were born, brought over, say to England and then, maybe um the, the the parents don't don't come with him um and to, to be released as well sort of in a you know in a, in a different countries i'll bet that's i bet that can be real disorientating as well uh, yeah i mean you're, you're coming into a new country trying to yeah. get settled in um so you've obviously got that element of things that difficulty of things um and more often than not if you know if you if you are alone um, then if that was to happen, um, yeah, I mean, it is, um, I mean, it's a brutal business, isn't it? That's what yeah. ultimately yeah, it comes yeah. down to. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come to a bit of that later on, but yeah, I mean, especially you know, the kids that age there, they're still at school. They're still doing exams. I know like Harvey Elliott was playing in the Champions League one night and the next day was back in school, uh, you know, revising yeah. whatever afterwards to, to come to say, you know, from from another country doing exams and then brought over to England and then not not work out but that's bad but um so I mean following the, the process on so what can happen to the player then after after they're released um can it just be as easy as finding another club after that I mean it's it's a bit of a uh, it can be and it can't be kind mm. of situation I mean so in Alfie's case because I spoke to him, um, obviously, for that piece. Um, he managed to find... So he got released from Chelsea and he managed to find another club and he went to Barnet um, until he was released from uh, from Barnet um, at the age of 18. So that's obviously, obviously an example of where you do get released when you're young, but then finding another club after that um, and managing to stay in the game. But then there are also examples of, you know, players who have been released... And let's say if they've been released at a slightly later age, 16 as opposed to 14, um, then not really kind of finding it easy to find another club. So it could be a case of uh, how good you are, or it could be a case of how many clubs have, have actually been scouting you in particular circumstances um, to sort of in terms of how easy it is to find another club. Um, but then ultimately for those players and and we've met, I mean I mentioned at the start that the majority of players don't stay in the game if you're released um at some point you don't stay in the game 
um, and that's obviously really difficult. Um, so it's it's kind of circumstantial based on kind of obviously how good you are, how many clubs have been after you in the past, what are their scouting networks like to see, you know, do they want you ultimately? Um, so yeah, it's a, I would say some, it can be, it can be a mixed bag. Um, and then it's, it's sort of the other case of, will you play at that same level? Um, so with Alfie, he was obviously at Chelsea, which is the highest level. Yeah. Um, but then he had to stay in the game. He had to drop down the leagues um, in terms of going to Barnet, which is obviously not a Premier League academy. Um, so it's kind of those things as well that you have to think of um, that players, even when they do stay in, then you could be dropping down, um, dropping down the leagues. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. And I suppose as well, it might be a little bit drastic, but I, I know it certainly does happen that if you're, say, signed to some sort of contract, you know, you're paid a wage, you're paid... Uh, you know, given given money and um, you know, if the if these lads still live at home, say with the parents, and then all, all of a sudden that that income is um, that income stopped, and that could be you know really vital for for the the, the family uh, to to live on. And I suppose then potentially there's a need then not only for you know to maybe another club you know to follow the dream, but also there's an income as well. I think you know to to be chasing and. If if you look at lads, I know it's not obviously not a blanket statement for all, all the the guys, but you know it maybe they haven't come through and, and gotten grades and and a degree, for example. But you you need money fairly quickly, I suppose. There's a potential there to turn to crime as well, and 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 things like that. And um, yeah, it's you, you've got to you've really got to watch. You, you you know you don't. Don't turn to things like that, you know, for for quick, for for quick money, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's examples of footballers that, I mean, uh, released academy footballers that we've spoken to before at the the BBC of um, sort of players who've actually ended up in prison or ended up with issues, you know, to with gambling or um, drugs. Um, so there are examples of of people kind of falling down that that dark road after being released um so you, you sort of see you can see that side of things as well and he, i mean even with alfie he he said that after he got released from barnet he went down a dark road and he got into trouble which um it, it and, it, and it, it does come back to kind of at that young age um whatever the reason might be in terms of like you mentioned um if you need to provide money or an, an income for your family or it's a simple case of doing something for eight to 10 years and then it just being snatched away from you and then going into a different place. Um, so I think, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's lots of examples of kind of both sides of, 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 of what you've just, what you've just mentioned. Yeah. And, and I, I maybe theorizing a little bit, but if a, if a young lad has been released, they've, then maybe they don't feel wanted. The pride will be will be hurt and things. And going to say join a gang after that, you know, possibly that then you've got feelings. Then oh, someone actually you know wants me. Or, you know, almost to be a part of a team in in a you know sort of stretching it. Uh, but you know to to feel like you know like a man again. You know, you got your pride back. You know, a bit of reputation. I think so. Yeah, it's um, 
like you said it's a, it's a dark road you can go down so it's it's um yeah it's that's that's dangerous in in that sense as well uh so but, but after uh, being released as well the the young player can can feel like a failure uh re- rejected and uh, desperate as we sort of alluded to a little bit uh they've got their pride damaged and, and maybe they feel like they've uh, let the family and friends down after supporting them for for so many years um so I mean, on top of all this, how can being released uh, also affect a young uh, young man's mental health? On top of it, so it, it kind of goes back to that of what I said at the start of just imagine spending the majority mm. of your formative years just chasing that one thing desperately, um, and then for it to work not to work out in your uh, later teen years, um, it's it can be absolutely crushing. I mean, it's a bit like, it's what Alfie said. He was like, it took six months for it to sink in. Um, And it was after that, it actually got sort of the hardest because once it sank in that, oh, you know what? This is not happening anymore. That's when it hit him hard. And that's when he, I mean, he said that he he mentioned turning to drink, um, which is something which um, he mentioned that, oh, actually, when I was playing football, it was something I was staying away from because of the football, because, mm. you know, you have to have that discipline and yeah, uh, just trying to stay, stay on track. But he was like, once that finished um, and once he sort of realized that actually it's not coming back, that was when um, he was like, he started drinking more. He started getting into fights a lot more. Um, he was going out uh, with his friends a lot more. And then ultimately he was just getting into trouble a lot more. So it's all it's all kind of linked, um, and I'm, I'm not like a, I'm not a psychologist or mental health expert to say it's like in a very specific medical yeah. way. Um, but what I would say is just from the, the perspective of empathy, um, it, it, it doesn't really matter how old you are if if something gets sort of really torn away from you, something which is a dream, something you've worked on for ages. It does impact you. But I suppose, and I would imagine, that would be magnified if you are younger, if you're 17, for example, if you're 18, and that was to happen um, because you don't kind of have maybe knockbacks earlier in your life to to sort of, sort of give you that life experience of, of mm-hmm. bouncing back positively straight away. Um, with Alfie, it's taken him a couple of years and, and sort of he w- then he went down the right path after that moment in his life. Um, so it's, yeah, you, we, we, we see it a lot. We hear about it a lot. Um, and you can imagine that having spent so long on one thing for it to sort of be torn away, it would have a massive, massive impact um, on your mental health. Yeah. It's, it's so much, I think to, to be put on, on a, a young lad, you know, 14 or 15 to, to, you know, be thinking maybe like, well, what's my future going to be and, and have your dreams crushed and and I suppose as well we you know we've all had and, and listeners as well you know even if you've gone for job interviews and things and you get rejected and you know that you know you can feel so down and crushed and often you know they won't be your dream job they'll be like oh you know I need an income you know try and get it but so I mean think about that but then think about that being your dream job really your only one prospect and it's it's just cancelled um, very very quickly and um, yeah and, and and you know saying about it took six months to sink in and, and things and losing the discipline and that there's so much as well that you know me and you here may not 
recognize and and we might not um even consider as well I think yeah you know like not drinking when he's playing f- football you know in, in Alfie's case and now losing discipline and things you know there's I bet there's so much and there's so many um I'm trying to say sort of other things we'd never even think about which um yeah that's just it's it's uh yeah such such a shame uh for for the for the youngsters it's very um, unique in terms of yeah yeah like an, an individual experience um mm. for i mean for us i mean we've obviously kind of reading stories or speaking to to players who've been in the academy and stuff um but to kind of live that as an individual um even trying to convey it to someone is quite difficult because yeah. there are certain things which are just your experience and as much as we can try to to you know be like oh we understand or we can't really feel it in its entirety um as it was in that moment um so i think it's yeah it's a really kind of really difficult one isn't it yeah of course and that's true what you said it's individual as well stressing the individuality of it that you know you're one of say i don't know how many in the academy say 30 let's just say you and maybe two or three other guys get released for example but you you feel so isolated as well and and you potentially um have got friends as well that you still talk to that will be in the academy that are playing football and while you're maybe sat at home or and things and yeah um yeah I can't even I'm just lost for words you know I can't it you know I can't imagine and it's just it's, it's awful for for lads that do but um, and like you said as well, concentrating on it most of their lives, um, on, on making making it as a professional footballer, uh, with with having no um, real credible alternatives to fall back on as well, and possibly not pursuing um, the academic achievements uh, in search for that that bit that you know that contract with the club. Um, and we've spoken a little bit about it, but how difficult is it to effectively start again after being released and after having that that dream crushed? I mean, it, it comes down to like the options that you have um, after you get released. Um, and I mean, it's really difficult. So like I mentioned before that, you know, you've got the examples of players who um, sort of go down maybe path of crime or have, um, you know, gambling addictions or mm. whatever it may be. Um, but it also kind of speaks to a point that we mentioned about education sort of when you're growing up through the academy. Um, and I think it's it's really hard if, if your fo- entire focus is football and you don't really have a second option when you're growing up alongside football um, to kind of give you that backup. Um, or in some cases, it might actually be that if you do something else that you enjoy alongside football, you might end up saying, oh, actually, I'll be the one to bin football off and go yeah. down that other path because that's what I want to do. So I think um, really difficult to start again because, uh, and I, I keep repeating it, so I apologise for repeating it, but you're spending effectively 10 years of your life chasing one yeah, thing. true though, yeah. And you're having to restart again mm. and sort of just put those 10 years, what is effectively a wasted 10 years, Yeah. Um, purely from the perspective of, a profession or a job is what it ends up being. Um, 
you're having to put that to one side and restart your your life again often with um you, you know the qualifications that you have um might be quite limited in terms of your you're doing things which are sport related um you, you know you've got your core gcses um then you might you know have a scholarship program or a btech in sports science again something sport related um but you've not really maybe given yourself that option of of doing something else something different that you might enjoy um, and then the other thing to consider is um, let's say if you do have a background or some qualifications some which are sport related once you've been completely kind of cut off from an academy from football do you want to stay in sport that's the other thing yeah, yeah. Um, or, or might you just be like actually i'm fed up with it um so i think in terms of um education it is it's, it's what Alfie said is that there has to be like a variety of options. You might have someone who likes, you know, business, drama, science, um, and give, you know, give them the options to do that alongside football. Um, so then, I mean, it won't just make you better prepared for a life outside of football, just generally sort of the more you do in, mm. in that education sphere, you might end up just being like a better rounded human being. Um, if, if you're doing things that you enjoy, rather than being like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I want a career in sport, so I'm just going to do something sport-related and just have that one singular thing. Um, I suppose on the flip side, you know, someone might argue that, oh, if you're in sport, you should just dedicate yourself to it 100% of the time. Um, but I think, you know, just having that backup option um, when you're that young is is just super important. Yeah, of course, and... I suppose effectively it, uh, your formulative years, as, as they say in sort of psychology, and um, yeah, you know, you get that wasted, um, like you said, like ten years wasted, and and yeah, someone someone might say, well, why don't you just go into say, you know, do something with sports science, go into coaching and things, but you might want to, like you said, you might not want to go particularly then back into sport. You know, you've done it for ten or fifteen years, for instance, getting on fifteen years and you don't make it as a footballer, do you want to just say, no, nah, to be honest, I just want to do something completely different. But then what prospect do you have of doing that? You know, if you wanted to go into another subject, uh, for instance, or follow, follow another career, you know, where you've you've spent 10 years going one way and then you just want to change it. It must, you know, it's very hard for, for someone. So, and I suppose as well, if, if someone says, well, why don't you go saying, yeah, it's saying to coaching and or you know like um, you know personal training and things like that. Well, I suppose you'd want to be the footballer, not the coach or, or physio, for instance, or whatever it may be. You know, you're almost you've got to where you want to be. You have got to the dream, but it's sort of like one back from it. Thinking, well, I'm not a footballer, but I'm I'm on the sideline. You think, well, no, I want to be the footballer, or, or not. And you're seeing what the footballers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly um but yeah we, you spoke about um sort of uh being a better human as well and we we spoke to ross uh Enzo, who was a foundation coach for for wolves and i think uh those are starting to to be some really useful jobs um beginning for for clubs you know such as yeah these foundation coaches which um which not particularly maybe even not particularly football coaches in that sense but they're coaching people and, and Ross particularly said coaching to be better better people as well like, like you you mentioned and um that 
may appear in in uh, more help coming out for release players um and and in the form of aftercare as well which it's a, a big um i think that's massive for for release players uh, i know that crystal palace are one of the first major clubs to offer an aftercare program for release youngsters um so can you tell us what's involved in aftercare and how important is it that it's offered to these young players um so it's <laughs> it's obviously um I mean, just take the second question first. Um, it's obviously really, mm. really important because, um, like, like we've kind of said, it's you know your your life goal not being achieved and sort of it being a, a brutal ending to to that dream. Um, often with a conversation, often with, um, and I suppose it doesn't really matter how many conversations you have. It's sort of the effect is the same when that final decision is made. Yeah. Um, that you're not going to be part of someone's academy and you're not going to have a career in football. Um, so in terms of aftercare itself, um, I mean, I think the Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace example you mentioned is kind of, it's a really good step in the right direction of, in the sense of um, having, I think they call it a, a dedicated player care officer um, who is always in touch with the player for a period of time um, after they're released, we try and help them in that next phase. So, you know, whether that's a job, whether that's um, qualifications, um, whatever that next phase is, um, I think that's obviously, you would expect that as kind of the standard. And I think it comes back down to that element of communication. So just keeping in touch with the player for a prolonged period of time um, to make sure that they can get those, um, they sort of have that support available um, and I think that's the main thing because everything does stem from that. Um, so what uh, what Alfie mentioned was that he did not feel as though he had um, enough communication after he was released from football. Um, so in terms of any kind of aftercare program, what you would see is um, people at the club being involved in making sure they're in communication with the player. Um, I think the kind of other element to this also has to be if you think think of just the scale of, of the players that are released and that don't make it, um, you would then need to have sort of the, the a good number of staff who can actually be in contact and communication with the released player because it's no use having, say, and this is just a bit of an exaggerated example, but say one player care officer for every hundred footballers that are yeah. released because yeah. it's just not and it's just not doable or, or realistic that it will have a major impact, people might say. Um, so I think there's that. Um, and just in terms of, it has to be long-term. I, like, I feel for any kind of aftercare program to work, it can't just be, you know, six months and that's it. There yeah. has to be a prolonged period of time, especially with regards to the mental health side of things. So I think some... Uh, clubs do offer kind of access to um, mental health support um, because we, we know like every club now um, compared to 10, 20 years ago, clubs mm. now obviously have psychologists that they employ or that they use. Um, so I think something like that and making sure that that is a long-term process as well, where if a player who's been released at the age of 17 at a club um, or wants to see a psychologist every week, or wants to, you know, have counselling sessions for for that part of their their life. Um, it should be readily available. Um, so I think 
sort of one good element is that things things always do improve as the years go on um so it's just about how quickly or how um sort of the intensity of, of those changes and sort of the effect of aftercare programs coming in because even in recent years within the last five years we've heard of some really awful stories and tragic stories from mm. academy players who've been released and kind of what's happened afterwards um so i think the quicker that those changes can come in i think the crystal palace aftercare program um it's just a, it's a great start but it's it's one of those and i think you you mentioned it um they're they're one of the first major clubs to offer it and i think yeah. they made that announcement not that long ago um which yeah. So it's, it's it's a recent development. It's not something that's been in the pipeline for a number of years. Um, so even with that, the sort of caveat I would have just being sceptical um, is let's see how it all works out. Um, because, yeah, you know, speaking to sort of former academy players, those, those are the things, or reading the stories of former academy players, those are the things that they, you sort of need to check each time. Um, so... I would say let's see how those aftercare programs are going, um, and actually maybe learning lessons from from those programs. If there's a, an element that isn't working out, if there's something which needs improving, um, you would hope that clubs continuously are looking at those things. Yeah, yeah, definitely you do, and um, like you said, they they'll probably have to make improvements. It's a shame because improvements come about through um, a need to improve. As I think so yeah it's a shame because there will be tragic stories and things and that's that's obviously how the the, the aftercare improves and or even aftercare is implemented because I know in many clubs that you know they might not have such um such facilities but um yeah no that's um I think it's key, and and also what you said as well that it it also depends on the the time it's offered because you, you say you know for instance if it's six months and you mentioned Alfie Alfie saying um, it's started to sink in after six months you know and yeah so you, you can't just as it's sinking in say yeah okay you finish with us that's you know see you later um, I'm I don't know if I've just made this figure up I don't know it's I think it's Crystal Palace's applicant it might be. Th- three years possibly I don't know if I just made that up but uh, I mean that's that's pretty good hopefully it is anyway um <laughs> hopefully and and sort of on the other end of the scale as well it's not not exactly about uh, young players being released but what I thought was interesting uh in um they've already just started it in FA in the FA this season that when you get retired players now on the other end of the scale as well there's there's going to be a program offered to retire players for when they come out. What what do they do next? Because I think at the moment it's very much similar to younger players being released. It's just you know you're showing the door and that's that's it. And I think retired players, you know, if they're not going into coaching or punditry, you sort of you know thank thank you and see you later. You know you you're done with it. That's, uh, yeah, I mean definitely that's the. I mean you. you and we obviously see it with the higher profile players, mm. um, Premier League players who, you know, if you want, if you're an established name um, and you've played for one of the top clubs and by top, I don't just mean sort of those top six, but essentially a Premier League club. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can get those, those media gigs, the punditry, um, or maybe going to coaching, you know, coaching mm. in, the, in the academy. 
um, coaching a youth team, you can get that far more easily than um, just through the sheer presence and, and power of, of your name, of having been an established player. Um, whereas if you compare it to players who've, say they've had a long career in the lower leagues, um, mm. who've maybe not made as much money, um, you may end up having to you know try and find another job after you finish playing or... Um, it's not as easy as um, as it might be for the ones who've played at the, the really the highest level, um, and I think um, when you look at kind of Ajax, um, obviously um, the sort of example that comes to mind for me is someone like uh, like Edwin Van der Sar, yeah, who yeah. who actually had a a separate degree in I think marketing. Um, and he's gone on, obviously he stayed in football, but he's gone on in terms of doing the administrative side of football, being the CEO, the marketing director, um, by having like another qualification. Um, I know in Spain, like some of the academy players that come up, uh, I think Juan Mata actually um, has a degree in, in something which yeah, yeah. It, it enables you to just, it opens up sort of those different paths. Um, I, th- I think it is really interesting that, even for retired players. Um, so sometimes, and it could be the same thing, like once you finish playing, um, maybe you don't want to, you know, stay in punditry. Um, I don't know. I've never been a footballer, but um, it, it might be that, you know, doing something different. And just, I suppose it's the same principle of just having those, those tools available to, yeah. to try and pick what you want to do. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, that's true as well. Um, I know for you know being Aston Villa centric, but last week I saw that uh, Bertrand Chore um, gained a, a diploma in in, in business. Um, I can't remember specifically what it was, but a business diploma as well from from Lyon in in France. Uh, and, and I know like Tyrone Mings, he's got um, like some sort of building firm or refurbishment firm. But then to to bring it back then to the the younger players these these lads don't have that you know they, they haven't just got like you know like a housing estate or a housing firm that, that, that is, you know they've um funding and you know put money into but yeah um but but uh i think we'll come on uh lastly um to to what clubs and how clubs see see the younger players as, as you mentioned before um so what what would you say then how can clubs uh, improve uh, how they how they care for these players during the time they're being released? And we just say clubs need to consider the mental uh, and emotional side of releasing the, the younger lads more, uh, consider players as more than just financial values and, and profits. Uh, what would you say clubs do consider the younger players more now, uh, but just need to offer more aftercare-style programmes? Um, I would say it's definitely, I mean, you, <coughs> you you do get the feeling that it's better now than it, than it would have been 10, 20 years ago. Um, I think also because there is a, a greater awareness of the mental health side of things that you would imagine and you would hope that clubs do a lot more. Um, but in terms of kind of, you know, putting players first and considering them more than just kind of financial profits, for example. Mm. 
I mean, that, that is a, it, I mean, they should, uh, absolutely. I mean, in, in any job, you should be considered more than just sort of what you bring to the table, and there should always yeah. be that kind of human element to things. Um, but just kind of football exclusively, I mean, we see it in, um, forget an academy player, you, if you're a top-level player, we do see that if clubs want to get rid of you, they won't hesitate. Yeah. Um, and likewise, if you want to leave a club, um, they're going to wait until they get the right amount of money before they let you go. Um, so I think that element of kind of financial profit and what is a player worth or what is an academy player going to be worth is always going to be in there because that is just the very nature of football now and just kind of how business-driven things are. But um, I would say in terms of maybe in the development of, of players, um, and it, it sort of goes back to what Alfie mentioned with all of those different elements of education, of kind of communication, um, maybe having more of an emphasis on that ends up just showing that you care about the human side a lot more as it is. Um, and I think, like we mentioned about the aftercare program, um, I think more and more clubs... Um, judging by what players have said um, in the past, more and more clubs should be having that and probably are looking to having sort of mechanisms and processes in place um, for the years ahead. Um, but the challenge is obviously how quickly and how effectively can it be done? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's always one of those things, isn't it? Um, a player's value, treating them right, um, yeah. it's the same thing I mean we see it with with managers as well um, football is just an extraordinarily cutthroat industry yeah. Um, yeah and will it ever change <laughs> who knows um, has it become more cutthroat who knows um, because we do have that kind of um, that feeling sometimes that oh you know things were a certain way 20-25 years ago um, and it, it can maybe cloud our judgement um, inaccurately sometimes because you know we're not actually there back then um and you know your memory has weird ways of playing tricks on you but um i suppose it, it is just that case of for for players who are that young who are chasing a dream who don't achieve that dream um you really especially I, I just think of the ages you do and just hearing the stories of, of people like alfie you do think that there would have to be some level of um processes and methods in place to make sure that those players are properly cared for in the years after they they leave the game um, as players yeah no that's that's um yeah that's really true and, and like you say you know about being a cutthroat business even so forgetting the the young young lads for a second when i i think you sort of forget maybe if you best if you take a step back and think you know when we talk about players oh, you know, they should just run down his contract, you know, they should pay him off and things like that. Well, in, in a sense, we've sort of substituted money for time, in, in a sense, you know. Say, for instance, say like Paul Pogba, they might be saying, yeah, you know, let him let him run out his contract and the things will just pay him off. But if he, yeah, say him run out of his contract, but that's, say, six years of, of a man's life for instance, and six years in his job, six, uh, sorry, not six, uh, six months, sorry, six months in his job, six months of, um, you know, football was his, well, football is his dream, I, I presume. Um, six months of your dream wasted, 
as well and and to say oh yeah it's fine i just pay him off sort of thing but yeah like you said it's such an exclusive sort of way of speaking about other people in and way of handling employees as well effectively they play as their employees um yeah and and that's even as i said even forgetting the the young lads um yeah so oh it's uh <laughs> I don't know. It's um, it's such a shame, and and obviously, if uh, I hope if if anyone listened to this as well uh, has gone through that um, process, then I hope you are still doing okay. I guess um, is all is all, is all I can say now, and or, or possibly if you want to get in touch, maybe and and you know to, to feature your story, but um but no just say uh, thank you uh, Manish for, for coming on and highlighting as well like we said an unheard story of these release players they've got no platform to really explain the situation and um but yeah so I'll, I'll just sort of uh yeah but just thank you thank you for that and uh, a bit of a different style episode a bit more of a thoughtful uh thoughtful one so thank you Manish Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for the questions. Yeah, they were really, um, really thoughtful. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a pretty, pretty deep conversation at times. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah. As, as I said, you know, we had a bit of a, a bit of a laugh with the, the questions at the start. You know, bring it right, right down. Um, but yeah, you know, that's. Um, I, I suppose you know, there's a, and a, really, what we want to do with the, the podcast to explore the unheard stories of football, and I suppose these for the release players that some of the most unheard stories i think how about the the guys that don't even make it they don't even get into football to tell a story you know they haven't their story hasn't been written in a sense you know it was cancelled before the first page <laughs> i suppose you could say um but yeah so uh thank you uh, again for uh, for that minish and uh, thank you everyone for listening Thank you for listening to this episode of the High Press Podcast. We really hope that you've enjoyed the episode today. Um, we'll be really, really grateful if you could leave a review on your preferred podcast provider, whether that be iTunes or whether that be Spotify or Google or whoever it might be, um, just so people can find our episode a little bit more easily. Yeah, and go ahead and follow us on our social medias at the High Press Pod. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, where we're going to be announcing all of our guests, uh, any updates, and uh, just generally, just that's where you can find us. Right, thank you guys, and we'll see you soon.